this morning. Father, we thank you this morning for your presence in this house, God. Father, have your way in this service, Lord. Leave nothing out, Lord. Father, just touch each life from their heads to their toes, God. Just fill them with overflowing with your presence, with your joy, God, with the satisfaction that we have in you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Yes. Yes, God. Yes, God. God is strong in battle. Yes, He is. How God can never fail. Through Him all chains are broken. Yes. Through them the sick are healed. And in the name of Jesus, giants are defeated. Every single has to move you're faithful to your promise finish what you started there is none as powerful as you Jesus Jesus yeah. we see power of heaven hallelujah setting the captives free yes god we are the church awakened
his name. Jesus. Jesus. Sing the chorus one more time. Be lifted higher. Be lifted higher. We lift the sound of your great name. Be lifted higher. Be lifted higher. Lord, we exalt you in our praise. And in the name of Jesus, giants are defeated. Every single mountain has to move. You're faithful to your promise. Finish what you started. There is none as powerful as you, Jesus. Jesus. Yes, God. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Sister Carol requested this song, and she's not here this morning. So, Sister Carol, I pray that you're watching this morning, God. Sister, I hope this blesses you as much as it has me this last week. Play it one more time, Dennis. The sound of a mighty rushing wind. Yes, I do. And it's closer now than it's ever been. Yes, I can almost hear the trumpet.
the prophecies fulfilling. Yes. And the signs of the times, they're appearing everywhere. I can almost see the Father. Changed in a moment 
at the midnight cry We'll be going home We're not done with this song yet. Let's sing that second verse. I look around me and see prophecies fulfilling And the signs of the times They're appearing everywhere I can almost see the Father Saying, son, go get my children the midnight cry we'll be going home yes we when Jesus steps out on a cloud to go his children yes the dead in Christ shall for his appearing come on church you lift your hearts towards heaven this morning and just please glorify him please honor him rejoice in him Lord the spirit and the bride say come we hunger for you Lord come we need you Lord come Come and bring us home, Lord. How we love you. God, how we how we long for you. Oh, you're precious. You're mighty. You're glorious. You're amazing. Praise you, Lord. How we praise you, Lord. Oh, how we praise you, Lord. How we praise you, Lord. How we praise you, Lord. Lord. 
tell you now that my heart longs for the day that you get to see me face to face. You do not know how I long for that day. I know when it is. It's in my power to declare it to happen. You talk to me. You walk with me. We converse together by faith. But that day will be face to face. You will no longer hope for what you hope for now. For it will be reality in all of the glory and the splendor that I have created for my church, that I have created for my bride, that I have created for those that will follow me, that will serve me through the, every temptation, through every trial, through every obstacle that the enemy will throw in your path. The end is so much better my servant Paul said it was not even worth to be compared. My glory was not worth being compared to what you go through on this life. It will be so wonderful. It will be so grand and majestic and glorious that all that you took to get to where you are in that place will be forgotten. When I said in my word, there will be no tears. It will be because all of the sorrow and all of the heartaches and all of the difficulties and all the other things that have gone on in the world in which you have living will disappear. It's the reason I make a new heaven and a new earth. It's going to be all new. Just like I make you new. When you make Jesus my Son, Savior, and Lord of your life, I make you new. You have the body I gave you, but your spirit man is new. It's been renewed. It's being renewed through my spirit, through my word. Take heart. Don't give up. Don't let go of what you have in me. Because that day is coming. I'm preparing to step off of my throne and tell Jesus to come get you and bring you home to me forever. Be ready for that day. Do not neglect what I offer. And do not give up on what you know to do that is right. For I am your soon coming God. Hallelujah. Come on, He's our soon coming God. Let's give Him praise. Come on, all over this room, give Him praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you, O oh Lord. We long for Your appearing, Lord. We long for Your return. Hallelujah. Oh, we're, we're so close. We're so close. And I'm so looking forward to His return. 
Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise one more time? Turn and greet someone. Tell them you love them today, please. Glory, 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 glory. Uh, I don't know who to give credit to, whether it be Sister Julie listening to the Holy Spirit or Miss Carol listening to the Holy Spirit or just the Holy Spirit being the Holy Spirit. They couldn't have put together any better worship set or worship song for the Word that the Holy Spirit has placed in my heart for today. It's such an important day for me today, church. It's such an important Word, I believe. It's a, it's a right now, timely Word, I believe. I, I, I want to do that every service, but man, there's days that I especially know that God said do it. Yeah. And it may come across as strong today. It may come across as, as, as harsh today. I don't, I don't ever want there to be any overtones of harshness or, 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 or strong, hard preaching to, to offend anybody or disturb anybody. But, but I've got to tell you, I'm going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit long before I'm obedient to uh, worrying about stepping on somebody's toes or uh, possibly offending or upsetting anybody. And so i got to do what God said to do first and foremost, and I'm going to do that. I love Him. I'm excited about Him. I, I, had, I had the most incredible week this last week, just a, a week of refreshing. I told my Sunday school class we turned off the, the cell phone. I didn't read any newspapers. We, uh, we didn't listen to any Facebook junk that was going on. We, we followed the services here at church, but uh, we did not uh, listen to any junk that was out in the world. We just, we just turned into vegetables and just got quiet. And, I had the most incredible God week this last week, and it was just, it was just a time of peace and quiet before God. Um, we almost got kicked out of a driller's baseball game. Um, that was the only exciting thing we did. Vaughn is telling me not to tell the story, but I'm going to because she's not the boss of me. <laughs> the only exciting thing we did the whole time we were gone was we went to a driller's baseball game one night. And for those of you that know our youngest daughter, Josie, you know she's a kid magnet. Uh, if there's a little kid within the vicinity, she's going to make friends with him just immediately. And uh, there was this little girl that was sitting just the other side of Josie and blonde hair, blue eyed, about Timothy's size and just cute as a bug. And, and she just immediately buddied up with Josie. And, and so Josie started cheering for the baseball players as they'd come up to bat. And, and uh, she'd, she'd call one, come on, Joe, let's go. And let's go, Joe. And come on, knock it out of the park. And let's go, drillers. And come on, drillers, you're going to win. And 
Finally, one of the players stepped up to the plate. Uh, every time Josie would cheer for the players, this little girl was cheering right alongside of her. If Josie said, come on, Joe, the little girl would say, come on, Joe. And uh, come on, Billy Bob. And the little girl would say, come on, Billy Bob. And uh, it was really cute there for a while until this one particular baseball player stepped up to bat. His name was Brandon Lewis. Josie said, let's go, Brandon. And the little girl said, let's go, Brandon. And the entire Driller Stadium erupted in, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Okay. I can't be your pastor if I don't do something political as we get started today. Josie looked over at us and she said, is that inappropriate? And there was a guy that was sitting directly behind us, and he said, No, that's very appropriate. Keep it going. <laughs> it's good to be around people of common interest, amen? <laughs> Even at a baseball game. God's good. He's faithful. I'm ready to dig into His Word. I've got to preach to you this morning, and so bear with me. Uh, I've got a lot that I want to share, and so please get your hearts ready. Let's worship. Father, we love you again. We praise you, Lord. Thank you. God, I'm so humbled by you today. I'm so thankful that you're our God and that you love us the way that you do. And God, you make things so evident and apparent to us. God, I pray right now that you have your way in this meeting. God, be, be glorified, be praised in everything we do and say, Lord, always for your glory and always for your praise. Amen and amen. Let's give him praise one more time, please. Give him a hand clap if you wouldn't mind. How many believe today Jesus is coming and He's coming soon? God, I believe the Holy Spirit was so clear. With each passing day, church, it becomes more and more evident. It should, it should be a wake-up call to us all every day. The return of the Lord is so, so close at hand. All of the prophecies are being fulfilled. All the things that, that He said had to come to pass are coming to pass. All the signs are, are happening before our very eyes. And I submit to you, as I have on so many occasions, we're no longer looking for a sign or a prophecy to be fulfilled. Now we're listening for a sound of a trumpet. We're listening for the sound of our soon coming King. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, the Bible says, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. And thus we shall be with the Lord always. Amen and amen. The truth is, church, that for some people, the stark reality of the return of Jesus Christ is, is very frightening. The, the reality is, is that for some people, they're not looking forward to that day. For some people, they're, they're, they're wanting it to be way off in the future. But, but for others, they wished it would happen in the next five minutes. I believe I'm preaching to the crew that wants it to happen in the next five minutes. I believe that there's a warning that's going out from the heavenlies. I believe there's an alarm that's being sounded in the heavenlies. I, I believe it's a warning both to the believer and to the unbeliever. I believe the warning is simply this. Friend, time is running out. Time is running out. I mentioned earlier, oh, Lord, help me. 
I mentioned earlier that I had one of the most powerful God weeks this last week that I've had in a very long time. I told my Sunday school class that it was, I think, simply because I got away from the chaos and the confusion and the, the busyness of my mind and my spirit. There's, there's always, I know people think that the preacher just works on Sunday and Wednesday, but, but the fact of the matter is there's something that goes on every day of the week. People may not realize it, they may not recognize it, but I'm here six days of the week at this church. I take one day off a week, that's Tuesday, and that's if I get to take that day off, if somebody's not in the hospital or there's not something going on. And so I'm here constantly and there's always something on my mind, there's always something going on. And so to get away for a week and a half and just turn the radio off and just turn the television off and just, just have peace and quiet, man, I'm telling you, it was a, a God week. In, in my 22 plus years of ministry, from the time I began as a, a deacon and the years that I've served as a lead pastor, the time I served as an associate pastor, I, I, through that time period, there's, there's been seasons where God would wake me up in the middle of the night with just this stark dream, and it was just so real, and it was just so vivid, and it was just so overpowering that I woke up in the middle of the night crying because it was so real to me. This happened to me this last week. It had been a while since something like that had happened to me. I came to the understanding of Acts chapter 2 verse 17 that says, Old men dream dreams. That wasn't much of an encouragement. Young men see visions, old men dream dreams. And I went, oh, okay, I get it. That's, that's me, I'm old. I, I've always had a lot of people talk about their dreams and, and they wanted to interpret their dreams and they wanted to call somebody to interpret their dream for them and, and explain it and, and make it plain and clear so that they could understand what it was they dreamed about. Listen, I didn't have to go through that process. Because when I woke up, the Holy Spirit had made it so clear in the thing that I dreamed about that I knew exactly what the Holy Spirit was trying to say to me. I, in this dream, I was walking through this industrial area. There were big buildings. There were uh, office buildings. There were complexes. You could tell there was some kind of work that was going on in this area. As I walked down a, a, a long corridor on the outside of the building, I, I met a friend of mine by the name of Steve McBride. He's a guy that I used to work with. He's a, a pastor now in Oswego, Kansas. I walked through that corridor and I had a, I had a shofar in my hand. I had a, a trumpet in my hand. I had something to blow, to sound an alarm. I, I felt this overwhelming, powerful sense of God that I needed to blow that alarm. But I had all these people around me saying, no, it ain't time. Don't blow the alarm. Don't, don't sound the alarm. It's not time yet. And as I walked down that corridor, I encountered my friend Steve, and I said, Steve, I feel like I need to blow this, but, but, but the people are telling me it's not time yet. And Steve said, Gary, what does God say? And I said, Steve, God said it was time. God said I was supposed to blow it, but I don't feel like I have the power. I don't feel like I have the strength. I don't feel like I can blow it. And then it was almost as if the Holy Spirit blew through me. And I sounded the alarm just as the Lord had told me to sound the alarm. I blew that shofar. I blew that trumpet. I sounded that alarm so that everyone could hear it. It was loud. It was powerful. It shook the, the buildings around us. 
And I walked on past the corridor and I turned the corner and I made it around the end of the building and I started up the corridor this way when I encountered my other friend, John Bridley, who is the pastor of Porham, Oklahoma now, who I worked with at the same time I worked with Steve. As I came around that corner, there were people coming from everywhere. They were climbing over walls. They were coming out of that building. They were doing everything they could to get to John because he was teaching them the precepts and the principles of the truth of the Word of God. And somehow I knew, somehow I knew that it was because God had told me to sound the alarm and I did what God told me to do. I don't know if I can sound this today. I bought this shofar when I was in Israel in 2007. And I got to be honest with you, I, I didn't have any intention of bringing it into service today until, until we did that song. When I came down, I told Sister Vonda, I said, please go to my office and pick that up. And bring it out here. May this symbolize the sounding of the alarm for this body of believers today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, O oh Lord. 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 I believe, I believe without question that my position in the body of Christ is to be an alarm sounder. I believe, Brother Philip, that's what God called me to do. I believe that's what He called me to be. To tell people of the soon return of Jesus. When He called me into ministry, however long ago it was, <laughs> I remember so vividly the, the voice of the Lord in that moment saying, Gary, don't wine them and dine them. Gary, don't be an entertainer. Gary, don't be a performer. Tell them I'm coming. And so with everything in my power for my entire ministry, I've tried to be an alarm sounder. I believe the call of the church in these last days is to be an alarm sounder. I believe with all my heart that the world that we're living in is in desperate need of an alarm to be sounded within it. Any nation, 
Any nation for its survival needs three basic things. It needs food, it needs water, and it needs energy. Guys, these things are under attack in our world today. I'm not talking about just in the United States of America. I'm talking about worldwide. In uh, the, the other countries around the world, right now I've, I've read news articles this weekend about them trying to get the farmers to do away with their livestock, do away with their cows because of the emissions coming out of the cows. Flatulence. Let me break it down. Cow toots. We got to get rid of them cows. They, they're, they're, they're passing too much gas and they're going to have an effect on the economy. Uh, they're going to cause the, 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 the uh, global warming to happen. You know, there used to be a bunch of dinosaurs walking around. I bet they had a whole lot more gas than them cows do. We're watching all of these things be threatened around the world. We're, we're heading headfirst into a, a crisis of not having enough food to feed people in our world. Do you guys see this happening? Do you, do you recognize what's going on around us? We're sheltered in Long Grove, Oklahoma. We're sheltered right here where we're at. Man, people are, people are struggling. All of these things scream of the soon return of Jesus. There's people who would, who would push us into a new world order. There are people who would push us into a one world currency. There are people who would push us headfirst into a, a one world religion. All of these things are screaming of the soon return of Jesus Christ. And there's people that are trying to tell. There's people who are trying to share these truths. There's people who's trying to get the word out, but the world leaders are ignoring everything they have to say. And sadly, we talk about the people of the world and how they're responding to this alarm that's being sounded. But how's the church responding? In many churches today, this Sunday, this morning, there will be no mention of this alarm. In many churches around the world today, this Sunday, there will be no opportunity given for someone to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. They'll be focused upon their, their get-rich-quick schemes and, and their lights and their fog and their sound equipment. Listen, it's about seeing souls one for Jesus. More preachers are more worried about filling the coffers how much money we got in the offering and how many tails were in the pews than they are about preaching the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The truth today is this. The time of the return of the Lord is near at hand. And when that trumpet sounds for many, their fate will be sealed. There will only be heaven or there will only be hell. Brother Hubert stood up two weeks ago so eloquently and spoke exactly what the Holy Spirit had told him to say. Brother Hubert's not a public speaker. He told us that up front. But he said it as good as anybody I've ever heard say it. There's either heaven or there's hell. There's coming a, a sound of an alarm. There's coming the return of the Lord. And there's either heaven or hell. Those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life get to go. 
And those who are not will be left behind. What the world is in need of today is the sounding of an alarm. I may have not have blown the, that, that shofar as eloquently as I could or... But we have a voice inside of us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us to stand on the rooftops and declare it if necessary. Get ready. Jesus Christ is coming. I want to sound an alarm with you today. And I want to talk about an alarm of the things that are about to happen. The things that are to come. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn to the book of 2 Peter chapter 3. I want to read verses 10 through 14. 2 Peter chapter 10. And yes, I know I preached this text back in February, but guess what? I'm going to preach it again. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 10 says, The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. He'll come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, hallelujah, look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwell. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent, stay alert, keep working, to be found by Him in peace without spot and blameless. Let's pray one more time. Father, thank You so much. Thank You, God, just for the opportunity. And God, I thank You right now that the Holy Spirit is here to work and to move. Lord, I'm asking You right now, stir our hearts that we hear this alarm. And God, we respond accordingly. Leave nothing out, Lord, please. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Let's give the Lord another hand clap, please. I believe Jesus is coming. I believe it with all my heart. I'll never stand behind a pulpit and preach to anybody and tell them something that I don't believe emphatically. I believe I will stand before God, Brother Jerry, and I'll give an account for every word that I ever spoke. I'll give it an account before God. Uh, the Bible teaches that as pastors and as deacons, we're held at a higher standard. And so it's with great reverence and it's great fear and it's with great respect that I speak the words that the Holy Spirit places before me. And that's why I can say with all confidence, I believe Jesus Christ is coming and He's coming soon. Throughout history, God always sent prophetic messages of warning both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, they're filled with examples of men of God and, yes, women of God, stepping out to, to, br to bring forth a warning, uh, to try to wake up a, a sleeping bride, to try to wake up a, a sleeping people, to say, wake up, Jesus is coming, get ready. Still today, the alarm of things to come is still sounding. 
Oh, I spoke of pulpits that were devoid and empty of a message of invitation of, of salvation. But let me tell you, there are countless thousands upon thousands upon thousands of pastors today who will plead through tears just as your pastor does for souls to be saved, for lives to be transformed. The two men that I mentioned earlier are guys that, that I had an influence in their lives. When I worked with them at Grand Packaging, neither one of them believed in God. Neither one of them wanted to serve God. But, but through just ministering and loving on them, this morning, I believe with all my heart, both of those men will stand in their pulpit and invite people to come to know Jesus as Savior. The alarm is being sounded. It's almost like an alarm clock's going off in the heavenlies or a fire alarm's going off in the heavenlies. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. It's time for action. It's time to wake up. We live in a world where the things that were once wrong are now being called right and the things that were once right are now being called wrong. Church, we must sound the alarm of the things that are come. That every day people are dying and stepping off into an eternity in a devil's hell all because they never had the opportunity to hear the alarm of the things that are coming. And the church sits in its padded pews and sings amazing grace, how great thou art. We sure like to point our finger at the world and say how much we need to get the, the warning out to them. But the fact is, churches are filled every Sunday with people who are pretending to be Christians. It's time for the church to hear the warnings of the things to come just as much as it is for the world to hear the warning of the things to come. On any given Sunday in any given church, uh, there are people who walk in the door that are more concerned with playing church or playing church politics than they are with sounding the alarm of the return of Jesus. There are too many people who attend church out of obligation rather than a passion. Oh, I've got to be with my friends. I've got to be in the presence of God. I'm getting to that church house today. There are far too many people who call themselves Christians on Sunday but live like hell on Monday morning. What we must do is hear this alarm and take it to heart. What we must do is heed the warning for ourselves and then share it with as many as we can. We live in Lone Grove, Oklahoma, so we have probably a, as good an understanding or greater understanding than, than probably many others. Many of you can remember back and hearken to the day when the tornado came through. If I've heard this story once since I've been the pastor in eight years, I've heard it a few times. Of how the steeple of this church was lifted off this building. The steeple of this church. I'm pointing in the wrong place. The steeple of this church was lifted off this building, taken across the road, and dropped in the top of a bar that was across the road from the church. How cool is that? I don't want a tornado, but if God wanted to pick it up and take it over and put it in that marijuana dispensary across the road, I'd be fine with that. Just saying. Amen. Just saying. But what if? What if we knew... What if we knew? Yeah. All the electricity's off. Yeah. There's, there's no warning to come from, from K10 to tell us, hey, there's a, there's a tornado headed down the path. It's coming right towards your community. There's a, there's a flood that's going to take place. There's a fire that's coming through. It's, it's on its way. What if the electricity was off but you knew? 
You knew it was coming. You knew it was going to take place. You knew it was headed our direction. Wouldn't you be doing everything in your power to call everyone you knew? Get the word out to say, hey, listen, there's a major catastrophe that's headed our direction. We know about an event that's more important and has more involvement than a tornado or a tsunami or a flood or a fire or whatever else they want to label it as. We know of the soon return of our Savior and King. I think it's time to sound an alarm. So what is this alarm that we need to sound? Well, I believe it's a, an alarm of the unexpected. Look with me at verse 10. Verse 10 of the Word says, The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. A thief in the night. Anybody ever had a thief come to the door and knock first? Hey, uh, by the way, I'm here to get all your stuff. Uh, if you could help me carry out the TV, that'd be really cool. A thief doesn't come and knock on your door. A thief doesn't come and announce his presence. Oh, you may have some warning signs. Are you listening this morning? Not very long ago, our washing machine messed up. And for whatever reason, it was one of them things Daddy couldn't fix. I tried. I took it apart and I put it back together three times before we finally made a decision we was going to call a person out, a maintenance guy, to come out and work on the, the washing machine. And here's the good news I've got for Gary Dotson, and that was that old boy couldn't fix it either. He threw about five or six different parts at it, and he said, well, this ought to fix it. And, and by the time he drove away, it was still messed up. But the first day that he came uh, to the house, uh, I got to talking to him. Somebody had to be there to let him in. And so I'm talking to the guy as he's going through the process. And he said, yeah, I just left a call over across town. And, and uh, he said, when I was there, he said, the people weren't home yet. So I just parked out in front of their house waiting on them to show up. And he said, the neighbor from across the street came over and tapped on my window of my van and wanted to know who I was and what I was doing. That, them's good neighbors, amen? Wish we all had neighbors like that. He said, I explained to him I was just there to work on the people's dryer and, and I just was, I'm an appliance repairman and I was just there to do my job. And they said, okay, we're just, you know, kind of watching. Do you know that thieves will come and case your neighborhood? Do you understand? They'll, they'll drive by. And, and there's even those who, I, I don't know if it's such a big deal down here, but when we lived in Muskogee, Thieves understood that, that not all garage door openers had different codes, and so they'd drive through the neighborhood punching their garage door opener, seeing which garage door would go up as they drove down the road in front of their house. Pretty smart fellas, ain't they? They'd case the neighborhood. They'd check it out. And you could look for warning signs and see that a van that you don't recognize or that vehicle that you don't know driving real slow through your neighborhood and load your shotgun and get ready for when they show up. The Lord is giving us warning signs. But here's the deal. We don't know. God the Father knows. Did you hear what the Holy Spirit said to us today? 
God the Father spoke through God the Holy Spirit to tell us He knew the time. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12 verse 40, Be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour. We don't expect. The return of the Lord is an unexpected thing. We don't know when He's coming. We just know we got to be ready. Preachers have been talking about this since Jesus went away. They've been talking about His return since He went away because Jesus told them, be ready. You don't know when I'm coming back. Throughout that time, people have mocked and scorned and said, oh, where's this return that you're talking about? It. I've heard it all my life and yet nothing has changed. It's not time to sound the alarm yet. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Peter says, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust, and saying, where is this promise of His coming? For since the fathers have fallen asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. He said He was coming, but He hadn't came, so it must mean He's not coming. Even this morning... Maybe some in this room or some listening on the internet that have already tuned me out and said, man, I've heard this all before. None of it's happened yet, so why do I need to pay attention to you today, preacher? But can I tell you today, it's time to wake up. Whether you want to hear what I have to say or not, the fact of the matter is you need to hear what the Bible has to say. Jesus is coming back. And nobody knows the day, nobody knows the time except the Father who is in heaven. The Word is very clear that scoffers will come and scoffers will say He's not coming, walking around according to their own lust, not believing that He's returning. Can I tell you, I believe this is a direct result of the weakening of the ministry of the pulpit in many churches across the world today. Why do people not believe? Because somebody hadn't preached it to them. Nobody told me. People will begin to believe He's not coming back. They'll begin to live like He's not coming back when it's not preached that He's coming back. It removes the anticipation of His return when we don't talk about it. I know there are those who say I talk about it too much, but friend, if He's coming back soon... We ought to take the next year and just preach about the return of the Lord. There's an alarm that's sounding of things that are yet to come. And it's an alarm of the unexpected things. So with that in mind, we need to live every day like it's our last day on planet earth. You need to tell people that you love that you love them. You need to hug them a little bit stronger. You need to call your mama. You need to call your daddy. You need to tell the people around you how important they are to you. And you need to live like a Christian every day. You need to be prayed up, you need to be filled up, and you need to be looking up continually because he's coming back in an hour we don't even know. I don't know when. I don't know how. I just know that it's a sure thing. And it's going to happen unexpectedly. Why do we need to sound an alarm of things to come? Because it's an alarm of the unexpected. 
Another reason we need to sound an alarm of things to come is simply this. It's because it's an alarm of coming judgment. It's an alarm of judgment. Look again at verse 10. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. There's a coming judgment. Peter tells us that the heavens and the earth will pass away with a great noise and the elements will burn with a fervent heat. Sounds like a nuclear holocaust. Everything will be dissolved. Everything will go away. Everything will be consumed. The Lord's promise was that rainbow flag is is not a, a celebration of the things the world calls acceptable, but it's a celebration of the promises of Almighty God. The Lord destroyed this world once with flood. He took away the sin. He took away the abomination. But He saved that that one family. The Lord won't destroy the world by a flood again. But He will destroy the world by fire. This judgment is worldwide. And the Bible says there's coming a time when every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. Some would say God is a God of love. How could He be so harsh as to bring judgment upon an entire world? How could God be so harsh as to send people to an eternity in hell? How could God be so harsh as to to destroy this entire planet? It's so beautiful. Yes, friend, God is a God of love, but listen, God is a God of justice as well. This world is a vile, corrupt place that deserves judgment to befall it. You didn't like that. Let me tell you again, this world is a vile, corrupt place that deserves every bit of judgment that befalls it. Romans chapter 1 verse 26 says, For even their women exchange the natural uses for what are against nature. Likewise also men, leaving their natural use of women, burned with lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and regarding themselves the penalty of the error which was due. And even us uh, did not, excuse me, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do the things which are not fitting being filled with all unrighteousness and sexual immorality and wickedness and covetousness and maliciousness, full of envy and murder and strife and deceit and evil-mindedness. They are whisperers and backbiters. They're God-haters. They're violent. They're proud. They're boasters. They're inventors of evil things. They're disobedient to their parents. They're undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Is that not the headlines or the news report of the evening? Today, today, same-sex marriage is being pushed in each and every state of the union. Redefining what a woman is. How many of you just saw the, the, the new Supreme Court justice who was appointed and they asked her the question, what is a woman? Well, I'm not a doctor, so I can't answer that. You're a woman. Come on. 
What's a woman? Women are now considered birthing people. Come on. That means men can have babies too. <laughs> Ain't happening, Bubba. Transgenderism. Transgenderism is the new fad of the world today. What's tra transgenderism, Pastor? It's where a little boy dresses up like a little girl and says, oh, now I identify as a girl, and so you've got to call me a girl. They're letting our children in grade school make the decision about having sexual reidentification surgeries, taking hormones so that they can go and be another person. Be another thing other than what God... I am so thankful they didn't do that in the 70s when I was a little boy. Because I would have grown up to be a pirate. <laughs> They'd have cut one of my legs off and I'd have had an eye patch. I can't say the thought that just came to my mind. Thank you, Lord. Discernment. <laughs> She'd have been my first mate. <laughs> and if you say anything about stuff like that, you're not woke. If you say anything about something like that, you're canceled. You, we, we were not going to let you on our, our television program. Do you know? Oh, Lord Jesus. Did I tell y'all I hadn't preached in a week and a half? <laughs> Do you know our president? You know, not the guy that's in office now, but the, our president. <laughs> Thank you, sister. Do you know that they don't let that man on Twitter today? But they let the leader of the Taliban on Twitter? Now, come on. The Taliban is a terrorist organization. But they wouldn't let President Trump be on Twitter because he said something that hurt some snowflake's feelings? Yeah. That's the world we live in, y'all. Right. We've got organizations like BLM where their leadership, their leaders of this organization gather up all these multi-millions of dollars and they go buy mansions with it. But the people that you're supposed to be helping have never seen a penny of the support. Listen, I have nothing against BLM, friend. I think if they're going to help somebody, they need to help somebody. But don't go buy some million-dollar mansion with money that people donated to you to help somebody else. There's organizations like the ACLU who are standing against everything that we stand for as Christians. There's people who will do exactly the contrary thing. And all the time, people are just, man, I, if, I could just, if I could just get to work today. They ignore the things that are going on around them. And the church, oh, church sleeps through it all. If it don't affect us, we don't care. And all the time the churches are spewing out these, these get-rich schemes and these spiritual baby foods. People desire God's blessing. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Listen, God is a God of blessing. But God is a God of challenge as well. 
Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 5, he said, there's coming a time when people will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they've got itchy ears, they'll, they'll heap up for themselves teachers, and they'll, they'll turn away from the truth, and they'll turn aside to fables. But you, you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill the ministry that I appointed you to. People get so caught up with having things their own way, they don't take time to share the coming judgment. Oh, we've got to be a politically correct church. We, we, we've got to just uh, pat people and, and smooth their feathers and make it all okay for them and, and tell them how precious and how sweet they are and, and just make everything okay. Just sweep it under the carpet and, and everything will be all right. Well, I'm sorry, friend, when the book of Revelation says that anyone's name not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into a lake of fire... We don't have time for that kind of trash. We got to tell people the truth. Or their blood's going to be on our hands. There's an alarm that's sounding today. It's an alarm of, sound, of coming judgment. It's an alarm that anyone's name not written in the Lamb's Book of Life doesn't get to go to heaven, but they'll spend an eternity in a devil's hell. And friend, hell wasn't created for us. It was created for Satan and all that would follow after him. It's time to get past sitting back in our padded pews and doing nothing. It's time to get past thinking that nothing's going to happen. It's time to get the warning out of the coming judgment of our Lord and Savior. Why do we need to sound an alarm of things to come? Because it's an alarm of judgment. And one more thing. Why do we need to sound this alarm of things to come? Because it's an alarm to live holy. Live holy. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 says, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent. Be awake. Be... Be steadfast. Be diligent to be found by Him in peace without spot and blameless. Peter says that in, in light of the warning of the things that are to come, you need to live a holy, righteous lifestyle. Be found at peace with God. Be found spotless and blameless before Him. The Lord said, uh, be holy for I am holy. Be holy for I am holy. We ought to be growing closer to God and further from the world every day, guys. The things that creep into the world and the things that have an effect on the world shouldn't have an effect on the church or the man of God or the woman of God. We should be growing closer and more like Jesus every passing moment. 2 Peter 3, 17 and 18 says, You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, be aware, lest you should fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with error of the wickedness, but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Grow! And I think we need to continually ask ourselves lots of questions as Christians. But one of the main questions I think we ought to ask is, I, am I growing? Yes. 
Am I becoming more like Jesus every day or am I becoming more like the world every day? What's the major influence in my life? Young people, I'm not leaving you out today. I'm going to tell you straight up. The people in your life can either influence you or you can influence them. And you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. If you hang out with a bunch of losers who don't care about God, if you hang out with a bunch of people who who don't want to serve Him, who aren't as radical and on fire about Jesus as what you are, buddy, I'm telling you, they'll drag you down. You may think, I'm going to find this boyfriend, and he's so cute. (laughs) And he might be. But if he don't love Jesus, you need to get away from him. I'm just going to tell you straight up, I I love you girls. I love you girls. Your relationship with the Lord is more important than anything else. Young man, you're going to grow up and be an influencer. I can tell by that look in your eye. You be the influencer in your relationships. Don't let it be the other way around. That's our lives. And, and you guys like it when I get on them kids. But friends, let me tell you something. If you're hanging out with people who are dragging you down, you need to get them out of your life. If there's people who are pulling you away from God and not leading you to God, you need to get them out of your life. Am I growing more patient? Am I growing more loving? Or am I more quick-tempered than I've ever been before? Am I growing more kind and gentle? Or am I being more mean and argumentative than I've ever been before? Am I growing more tender and forgiving or am I growing to a place of bitterness and holding grudges against everyone? Do I bear with others, their weaknesses, their faults? Or do I always have to be right? Holiness is about becoming less like the world and more like Jesus. When we think of examining our walk with Christ, what we must know is... It's not so much about what we're doing or what we're not doing. You know, when we get on this holiness kick, we, we get the ideas of, oh, I have to dress a certain way, I have to have my hair a certain way, I have to, I have to follow this set of guidelines, I have to follow this set of rules, I, I can't do this, I can't go there, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Holiness has nothing to do with the laundry list of created religious rules that man has came with. Holiness is about what we're becoming. Am I becoming Christ or am I becoming the world? So many have got this mistaken idea uh, that Christianity and holiness is all about following this list of do's and don'ts. Holiness cannot be achieved through oneself. You'll never be good enough to be holy. Thank you all for staying with me through the whole sermon. You'll never be good enough to be holy. Because guess what? We all walk around in this stuff. We all walk around in a bag of bones and flesh. And there's this battle that's going on betwixt your ears. What's her name? Sister Joyce talks about this battlefield of the mind. My mind's taking me this way. My flesh is taking me this way. My my flesh is drawing me towards unrighteousness. But my spirit man, who is supposed to be the stronger in the relationship, is drawing me towards holiness and righteousness. 
and pure thoughts, an upright spirit, not a contrite one. Holiness cannot be achieved in oneself. It must be done through the work of the Holy Spirit in operation in our life. He leads us to holiness. He leads us to sanctification. He leads us to truth. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 16, verse 13, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but He will speak what He hears, and He will tell you of things to come. Just as what happened in service this morning. The Holy Spirit didn't speak of His own accord. He spoke what He heard from the Father. And it was a call to sound an alarm, and it was a draw to righteousness. Through the Holy Spirit of God, we can live a holy and acceptable life in Christ Jesus, again becoming more like Him and less like the world every day. Holiness is so rare in the world today. Holiness is not seen much in our society today. Old people try to put on, they try to fake like they're holy. But the truth of the matter is, we're not holy unless God's made us holy. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 says, Know this, in the last days perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves and lovers of money, boasters and proud and blasphemers, disobedient to their parents, unthankful and unholy, unloving, unforgiving. There'll be slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. Boy, that's true. Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And and verse 5 says, they'll have a form of godliness, but denying the power of their... (laughs) Oh, and it's just what I said, wasn't it, Lord? Verse 5 says, and from such people, turn away. Get away from them. (laughs) Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. A form of godliness, but denying the power. Do you understand what that means? It means the righteousness or the holiness, the godliness that people think they have is self-created. I did all this. I I gave the message in tongues. I gave the interpretation in tongues. I put money in the offering. I I sent a kid to camp. I did this. I did that. I, 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 I. That's a form of godliness, but you're denying the power thereof. Because the power doesn't come from your checkbook or what you've done. The power comes from the Holy Spirit in operation in your life. You can fool a lot of people with your godliness. You can put on a parade and a show and, and stand and dance and... Oh, that's, that's a godly person. But be completely devoid of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. I'm telling you what, friend. I have too much fear of God. I have, I have too much reverence for my God to ever put on or try to pretend that I'm something that I'm not. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we'll be able to stand in that day of judgment. So why do we need to sound this alarm of things to come? Because it's an alarm to live holy. 
I can't tell you enough times. If the Lord should tarry and I should live to be a thousand years old, I can't tell you enough times. Jesus is coming. That dream was a wake-up call for me. That dream was refreshing for me. I walked into the kitchen that morning. We were staying in this super cool little Airbnb there in Tulsa. You had to stay in Airbnb because if you got outside there, there you were going to get mugged and killed. And so <laughs> it was not in the best neighborhood, but the house was really cool. I woke up and Vonda was already up and Josie was too. And I guess because God had kept me awake that night dreaming, I got up late that morning. I went in the kitchen and I sat down at the table in that house and I started to cry. And I looked at my girls and I said, God gave me a God dream last night. I got to tell you, I got to tell you about it. This is what I think it means. This is what I believe the Holy Spirit said to me through that. My 21-year-old daughter heard that and absorbed that. My wife, who has been my right hand through every step of ministry, heard that and absorbed that. Our entire focus has been about an alarm of things that are yet to come. Church family, hear your pastor's heart this morning. We must sound this alarm. We must sound this alarm to everyone that we come into contact with. I don't care if you do it on your Facebook page. I don't care if you stand at the, the, the supermarket and tell people as they walk in the door. I don't care if you've got to stop what you're doing at work and tell a coworker. I don't care who it is or where it is or what's going on. We've got to sound the alarm because Jesus is coming. Yes. Without the alarm, without the heeding of that alarm, people will die. And they'll spend eternity in hell. It's too important. Yes, it is. I made the statement at the beginning of this message. Julie, go ahead and bring the worship team, please. I think you know what is the appropriate song. <laughs> I made a statement at the beginning that if we knew all the electricity was off, all the television stations were down, they couldn't get the word out via, via the television set, the, the sirens that, that normally go off when a tornado goes through, they were disconnected, they weren't working, and so it was left up to us to have to tell our friends and our family members and our coworkers, uh, everybody that we came into contact with, there's a tornado coming, there's a tsunami coming, there's a, a fire coming. It was left up to us. There's not a person in this room, there's not a person in this room young or old or in between, who wouldn't do everything in their power to tell people. Guys, what's coming is so much more important than anything else. It's so much more important than anything else. We've got to sound the alarm. 
things that are to come. Please let me pray with you. Father, Father, I've done what you asked me to do. God, there's been moments when it was uncomfortable today. But God, I did what you asked me to do. God, I, I strive so hard to do what you asked me to do. And Lord, I pray right now that you will take these things that you told me to say and God, you'll use them in lives, in homes, in families. God, let us get a hold of this message and let us sound an alarm for ourselves and for everyone we come into contact with. May it be a wake-up call, Lord. I ask these things in the amazing name of Christ. And therefore, I believe it's done in that same strong name. Please, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just for a second. Thank you for your patience with me today. Thank you for letting me preach my heart. If I haven't told you lately, I love you guys. You're my family. You are my family. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't tell you. I just want to ask if there's anybody here today who you may not know Jesus. You may have never asked Him to come alive in your heart. <laughs> He's not after some big religious encounter with you. He simply wants to have a relationship with you. He loves you so much that, that He allowed Himself to become this sacrifice so that your name could be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you're in this room this morning and you've never accepted Jesus, or perhaps you turned your back on Him, you walked away, at one time you were close, man, you were on fire, you were in love with the Lord, but something happened. And you said, I'm going to try the world for a while. But today you recognize that He's coming and you need to be right with Him. If you're here and you need Jesus to save your soul, either way, would you lift your hand right now? Come on, all around this room. Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus. Congregation, would you stand with me today? There's coming a time of a midnight cry. There's coming a time when all things will pass away and all things will become new. Oh, I look forward to and, and hasten the return of the Lord. I, I long for His appearing. But there's so many, there's so many who don't know. There's so many who haven't heard. There's so many who need an alarm to wake them up. Guys, that's our job. 
Oh, that's what we got you for, Pastor. <laughs> I want to sharpen your sword. I want to sharpen your sword so that you can go into the battlefield and see the harvest brought in. I'm not going to ask you to come and pray. If you want to come and worship, if you want to worship where you're at, you want to pray up the front, you let the Holy Spirit lead you today. But I know there's people that God's already put in your heart and your spirit that you're supposed to sound this alarm to. God bless you today as you pray. I hear the sound of a mighty rushing wind and it's closer now than it's ever been I can almost hear the trumpet
Ha <laughs> ha. 
Father. Father, thank you for the amazing day that you blessed us with. Thank you, God, for the alarm that's sure to sound. God, we pray that you walk with us this day. Bring us back together tonight to praise you and honor you once more, to glean from your word and to grow even stronger in it. God, we give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you tonight.